Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 23rd of August. Millions of residents across New South Wales are this morning waking up to tough new restrictions as the state saw another weekend of record COVID cases. Tough new travel permits and mask rules are now in force and several hotspot LGAs across Sydney's west and southwest have now been locked down with tough new curfews. Here is New South Wales Deputy Police Commissioner Gary Warboys. Unless you have that reasonable excuse, stay at home, play your part in what is um, truly now an event that spreads right across this state. It comes after another record high of cases in New South Wales over the weekend with six more deaths and 1,655 new cases. And more infections have also been detected in the west of the state with new cases in Bathurst and Parks. Meantime, New South Wales is again coming under fire from other state and territory leaders, with Australia divided on when it's safe to reopen and at what vaccination rate. WA Premier Mark McGowan lashing out at the New South Wales government, saying everyone else is doing their bit to get on top of COVID. Victoria is doing everything it can to crush and kill the virus. The ACT is doing everything it can to crush and kill the virus. New Zealand is doing everything it can to crush and kill the virus. It's only New South Wales that is not. They're letting down the entire country, the New South Wales government. In Victoria, a COVID cluster has been detected in the Royal Melbourne Hospital. So far, seven patients, staff and visitors have tested positive. It's believed the outbreak started with a man from Shepparton who had surgery at the hospital 11 days ago. Here is Victorian Health Department Deputy Secretary Kate Matson. That case wasn't there for COVID symptoms and wasn't showing COVID symptoms when they underwent surgery on the 12th of August. We expect that outbreak to grow. Victoria yesterday recorded 65 new COVID cases. Meantime, there are fears of a COVID cluster within the disability sector in the ACT. 14 people have so far been linked to the outbreak, including a number of support workers. And more than $1 million in fines have been issued over Melbourne's anti-lockdown demonstrations over the weekend. Six police officers are in hospital and more than 200 people have been arrested in what's being described as the most violent protests the city has seen in 20 years. Here is Victorian Police Commissioner Shane Patton. The vast majority, by and large, I've been briefed, were men 25 to 40, angry men, men who came in with intent to cause trouble and to attack police. Dozens of protesters were also arrested in New South Wales after similar demonstrations in Sydney CBD on Saturday, while eight people have been arrested on the New South Wales-Queensland border as hundreds took to the streets yesterday calling for an end to the border ban. And we'll have more on this story from our reporter on the ground shortly. And the Commonwealth Bank is set to become one of the country's first major employers to vaccinate its staff. There are reports this morning the bank will set up mass vaccination hubs in hotspot suburbs, offering the AstraZeneca jab to frontline staff and their household members. And in other news this Monday morning, Australia has evacuated a further 300 people out of Afghanistan as the US and Germany tell citizens to avoid Kabul airport. Meantime, an Afghan mother has given birth to a baby girl on board a US Air Force flight out of Afghanistan. The woman went into labour mid-flight, the little girl born after the plane touched down in Germany. The mother and newborn baby are both recovering in hospital. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we return to Queensland where thousands have protested at the Queensland-New South Wales border against lockdown measures. The angry crowd of border residents clashed with police with a number of arrests made. Our reporter David Shiraz has the details from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. Well, estimates put the crowd at around 2,000 with border residents protesting their exclusion from Queensland as COVID cases climb in New South Wales. Among them was a man riding a horse who charged down the street, encouraging others to follow across into the Sunshine State. Authorities slamming the behaviour of protesters as dangerous and reckless, highlighting their gatherings will only lead to more lockdowns. And to Victoria, and there's been widespread confusion after the state government announced a key change on who can access childcare. The Andrews government on Saturday said it would be limiting access to care for families if only one parent is an essential worker. Now authorities have backflipped on that controversial decision. Our reporter James Lake has the details from Melbourne. Yes, it came late yesterday, Tash, from the Premier's office that directions for childcare would be updated again, making care available if just one parent was deemed an authorised worker. So that does mean households with just one essential worker can access care from today, but many may be hesitant. The latest COVID stats we have show a quarter of Victoria's 440 infections are in children aged under nine, and right now we do have one child under five in hospital fighting COVID. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. New research has shown one in four bosses want to make vaccinations mandatory in the workplace. Yeah, that's right. Business support for mandating COVID vaccinations in the workplace is growing, with a survey of 700 companies by the Australian Industry Group finding a quarter of employers want compulsory jabs for their employees. 24% want mandated vaccinations for some or all all of their employees and 27% want jamming to be maintained through an official health order that would shift the blame for any medical problems because of the vaccine from the employer to the government. And there's been lots of issues with uh, some companies with home delivery with groceries, Peter, but this may be light at the end of the tunnel. If you'd like your groceries to arrive as fast as your pizza, then the business teaming of Woolies and Uber will soon make that happen. It's a new world, isn't it? And only living in lockdown land would create the need for your meat and veggies on demand. (laughs) And that's what's happening now with Uber set to deliver groceries within an hour. They will be smaller sized orders, but will suit those who need stuff ASAP. A trial in 12 stores is about to start. And if it works, 200 stores will be using Uber drivers soon. And one of the potentially biggest financial market moving meetings of the year happens this week, Peter. Yes, and they're starring very boring people. The US location (laughs) for this meeting is Jackson Hole, what a boring name, in Wyoming. And the boring stars are central bankers from the USA and around the world. They will deliver speeches and often no one will need sleeping pills to get some show high. But with the world economies dependent on central banks keeping interest rates low, every banker, market trader and anyone with a home loan will be interested in what these men and women talk about this week. Not holding back this morning. Peter, thank you. (laughs) And you're not snoring either. (laughs) 
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. Let's start with the AFL and Tassie is the big winner with the finals starting this week. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. The AFL has revealed the fixture for week one of the finals and Tasmania has two of them. We start with the Sydney Derby on Saturday, the Swans facing the Giants. Then the Bombers meet the Bulldogs in Sunday on Sunday with both elimination finals held in Launceston, capped at a capacity of 10,000 fans. The Power launched the final series against the Cats. That's on Friday night at the Adelaide Oval. That current crowd limit is 15,000. It could change. The Demons then take on the Lions on Saturday night, that game also in Adelaide. Now, just back on the Bombers, Ben Rutten says, while they haven't won a final for 17 years, the club does have a proud history of success. The Saints went over the Dockers, locked in the Bombers' top eight spot before they went on to beat the Magpies by 38 points yesterday. Rutten says he's well aware of their finals winning drought. Yeah, look, that's just something that comes with, with our footy club. We've also won our 16 premierships. That's part of being at the Essendon Footy Club and part of what our players have really embraced throughout the course of this season is really embracing our history and, and reconnecting there. And the other big AFL story we're expecting today that David Teague will learn his fate as Carlton coach and most likely it has come to an end. And Brett, two teams kissed goodbye to their finals hopes in the NRL yesterday. Yes, pretty much. The Dragons dusting themselves off after yesterday's 40-22 to defeat to the Roosters in Toowoomba. That's all but ended their final stream. St George has now lost six games in a row since that infamous Paul Vaughan house party. Coach Anthony Griffin says he won't be crunching the numbers to figure out the slim chance they have of making the top eight. I don't know, just dust ourselves off and get ready to go up to Rockhampton sat day and, and play the Cowboys. You know, today, you know, at 16-14, we had our you know, destiny, so to speak, in our own hands and we needed to finish that game off. While the Warriors also need results to go their way to make the finals after a nail-biting 24-22 loss to the Broncos, Reese Walsh ended the game in tears, missing a conversion late in the game. Coach Nathan Brown says the young fullback is not to blame. Yeah, you know, he hasn't even scratched the surface of his football yet. You know, he's basically playing on instinct and natural talent at the moment. And you know, Reese does things out there that no coach teaches him. He just does it naturally. So some of the contenders and pretenders emerged over the weekend, Tash. And we all need some good news at the moment. Brett, she's done it again. Ash Barty has sent a message to her rivals ahead of the US Open, winning a lead in tournament this morning. Yes, live this morning, Cincinnati Masters final just wrapped up. Ash Barty, the world number one, virtually wiping the court with Jill Teichman of Switzerland, 6-3, 6-1. But it was some of the matches she won in the lead-up. Angelique Kerber, Victoria Azarenka, both former Grand Slam winning champions, beat them with ease. We've also got some live golf. Queenslander Cameron Smith holds a share of the lead, 16 under par. That's the final round of the PGA Tour event in New Jersey. In the EPL, Chelsea beating Arsenal 2-0. Tottenham edging Wolves 1-0, thanks to a penalty this morning. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. What's inside a hot dog may still be a mystery, but it's no longer a mystery how they could be shortening our lives. Researchers in the US claim every hot dog a person eats shortens their life by 36 minutes. The University of Michigan study tried to calculate the direct influence of various meals, snacks and drinks on our bodies. Healthy choices like salmon and nuts can add hours to your life expectancy. It's just not as fun. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.